All right, this is Euphoria. This is the greatest Western, maybe just the greatest League of Legends pod. I don't speak a lot of languages, so we're limited. The greatest League of Legends podcast of all time. We're making the statement now. Today is a day for bold statements. I'm Daniel Dracos. This hey, is my co-host, Deficio. And uh, we're available on YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And our special guest today is none other than the coach of the current second best team after Maybe the regular the season, potentially the best, depending on playoffs. That is Jacob Yamato Kanemebdi. Welcome, man. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Because you're wearing a shirt, we decide also to wear shirts, suits. Also, for context, we're filming this immediately after yes. the tiebreaker day ended. So if anyone slips up, or like I stumbles over much. words. Yeah, like he didn't sleep much, we didn't sleep much. Be patient with us. We might suck today. We'll find out. It's man. actually been, it's been such a long day. Uh, we can definitely reveal that we had to get in pretty early, Drago yes. and myself and our great producer, Phil, because we had some bets we needed to resolve and we had to record mm -hmm. some stuff for that. And then we went straight into uh, meetings for the show with the tiebreakers into rehearsal, into the show, did PGL, didn't even now bother changing after. Same suit. Well, to be fair, I mean, it's not like Yamato Cannon brought an extra pair of clothes to like be in casual wear. And if we were, if That's I true. was, I didn't think about this. So I'm wearing like, I brought the trashiest tank top I've ever worn to work. Because <laughs> I was like, I do not care. And yeah, it would not have looked good there. But did, I mean, you presumably were up late prepping for these matches. Yeah, like we were ready to play four games last night already. Like we didn't expect Misfits to lose. We didn't expect Schalke to lose. Mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was a party of uh, the good teams losing against uh, teams that uh, had something to prove, I guess. <laughs> and uh, on our part, in preparation for us to play at 2 a.m., we stayed up uh, really late uh, the night before, especially because we played um, the last game two days in a row. Uh, we were ready to play at 2 a.m., so we woke up at 4. And then to reset that and wake up at 11, we have shower times and whatever, and preparation, it was really rough. And my cats were super annoying. I slept like three hours. <laughs> they, they always, my cats always do this thing where they, they just play with the curtains. And then when the curtains, I live with the bottom floor, they like show everything. So I'm laying in bed and then I'm just exposed. And that's how they wake me up. <laughs> the cats want to expose you. you to the world. They just want to you have a choice. Me. Someone's <laughs> going to take a picture and expose your half-naked body to the world, or you can get up and deal with us. It's, it's really rough because I place things in front of the curtains, but they are working together. I have two cats and they're pushing away the things and then they're just like revealing it as some like theater trick. I'm like this elephant it's that stands on two legs. Every time you go to sleep, <laughs> what if someone is hiding outside who's paid your cats to do it and he's like some Schalke or yeah. G2 representative <laughs> how do we shut him down <laughs> we pay the cats that's sadly not the craziest thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth I mean it, it could happen it could happen I um, I have two things I want to say now one I feel horrible because our voices Dracus yeah are terrible oh. compared to Yamato Ken ah, it's on true. the podcast so we're already in trouble there and I feel like our shirts not as cool as what's on yours. It's a bunch of animals. I've got, I don't know what this animal is. I got some like Indian families, I think, yeah, and some animals. Yeah. Wait, you got the, yeah, that's, what's that called? Uh, it's not a beaver. What is what? I, I think it's a beaver. Maybe it's one of those, with the Zootopia, you remember that scene with the... The guy with the slow guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sloth. That sloth, yeah. yes. Is that it? And then I don't know. I can't tell. I couldn't even see that they were animals. Then there's musical notes. I didn't even see there were actually humans on it. I thought it was just the, yeah. the sloth right and then there. There's musical notes. Do you know the Requiem, uh, Giuseppe Verdi? That's yeah. what it is. 
Where on earth do you find that kind of shirt? Haven't we tried this if before? If I told you, I would ruin all the oh, we tried this. We tried this the first time he came on. He wouldn't tell us then either. We have to try once oh. a year. One day we'll learn. One day we'll be as fabulous as Yamato That's came true. in. By the way, the fact you guys wanted to stay up because you thought you had to play a two. Didn't Riot tell you guys that if we had more than three tiebreakers or something, it would be on the second day? One, two. I thought, One, two, um, sorry, yeah. like the way I understood it was that uh, we would play three games. I assumed we would play three games or, uh, and I thought because it was three, we ended early. I thought we were going to play it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we were set. And then I didn't want to risk it because in a case where we had to play the same, right, I right. want to be energetic. I don't want to prepare for a scenario where we play uh, the next day. So I thought, because the, the bracket would be three games, I thought we would play no matter what. And then the next day we would play the remainder of the games. That's how I understood. That's how it was in the past. And um, uh, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Read the rule book or okay. something. Like, look, the, the three-way tiebreaker <laughs> and the four-way tiebreaker rules are, they're worded to be effective, right? To account for every possible situation. Mm -hmm. But they are not worded to be easily understood. That was because every year I sit down uh, with people on the stats team to figure out tiebreaker stuff, to like figure out how to present as a host or, or as whatever for segments. And it's always like, Okay, this is what it says, but what does it mean? Like, what actually happens here? So, understood that it's a, it's a little difficult. You to hire some lawyers or something, you know? <laughs> it's done now and Vitality won anyway, despite apparently not sleeping enough. That's the training weights. That's I, I like didn't the... sleep enough, but the guys... Oh, they did. I did uh, told them, you have to, if you are not tired, you go for a jog. No PC, no solo queue, no nothing, no screens. You just bore yourself to sleep. Pretty much. Got it. Nice. You being tired, that's why you picked the poppy, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, there it is. So sleepy. Well, we can talk more about the poppy in a second. Uh, this morning, as we mentioned, we resolved uh, a bunch of bets. So um, last week, we talked about three bets. Memento bet, Nuke Duck bet, and the painting bet. Memento bet I did on Friday. Uh, we tried the Zyra Khan dance that everyone wanted. <laughs> I'm not strong enough to lift up Memento like this uh if you're on youtube you can see this but hold i'm not strong enough to hold them up in the air um so that failed so we did the dancing hot dog bet in honor of denmark along with apologizing profusely for ever implying that sweden could even compete there we go uh we were finished denmark. recording the nuke duck bet today i'm we brought in a special guest uh dj to help us out with this one um not not very well known you guys will find out uh, but we recorded the video today it, it's definitely a banger uh and finally the painting bet was resolved last night we have the painting also on a banger. the set I'm going to grab it just to just to share, but it's particularly hilarious. It's actually uh, a lot of uh, respect to Jesses and Hansama. They stayed very late last night after they'd gone 0-2 this week to finish this painting because they lost the bet, uh, thinking the Misfits could actually win. I think it was two weeks ago. And now we have... Drakos and myself Chunky painted by Hansama and Jesus. You look jacked, Drakos. Look at those arms. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're not sure. Holy, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you, like, ate, he, you ate some spinach, I, man. I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you know what? Too many men want big biceps. Daniel Dracos wants large <laughs> triceps. triceps. <laughs> Alternatively, my other theory is that I gained 200 pounds in arm weight and then lost 200 pounds in arm weight, and I now have flaps. Look like, <laughs> it's but, wizard sleeves, man. Yeah, there you go, dude. I'm, I'm unstoppable. It's the new male fashion. Uh, so the theory here is that it's me in Denmark, which you can see because of the flag, mm. thinking of Deficio. And Deficio is blind in one eye for some reason. It was a small mistake from Hansama's part, but it just made me look even more badass. Well, so I would watch that anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Show, with so eye cool. problems. <laughs> yeah. The start of the eSports. <laughs> I only have one eye. <laughs> but again, this is what happens when you lose a bet on the Euphoria podcast. And of course, we make sure you actually 
you know, do. Oh, do you? Your punishment, well, uh, unless well, unless you are over on the wall of shame. Uh, Dragos almost made it to the wall of shame due to the memento bed, but he did solve it now. Yeah. So uh, Yamada, kind of maybe you will one day be on the wall of shame because right now you're actually on oh. the wall of winners. On the right side of us on the set, where people can <laughs> see you are the champion of our sumo tournament. To be fair, you didn't face the toughest opponent yet. Uh, That's the next time. The yeah, no, you did face <laughs> it. You that was him. great. We showed that on air today. Yeah. It took you five, all of five seconds to literally throw him. He was the only person that literally got thrown out of the ring. Holy. No, uh, good times. Mm. I'm uh, expecting you guys sending some big guys my way. Uh, We're just Medic, Medic is working out like, a lot. Oh, We're going to no, put Medic referee, in the ring. He's yeah, but he's going to be the ring now. In. We're going to throw in a, uh, a sub rule where you can elect a champion. I'm going to be like, hey, so young bug, how do you feel about <laughs> sumo wrestling? I'll bring my brother, man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> bigger than you? He's way bigger than me. Damn. Like he's same height, but he weighs 100 kilo, 120 kilos, and he's uh, a vegan power machine pretty much. He basically, uh, he's massive. Like you, you know, he looks scary. I we're think. back in school now. When you have to settle an argument, someone will always say, "I will bring my brother," and then you know, <laughs> lost. There's nothing you can do. Yamato's gonna bring his brother to win the season. The age old one in elementary school, and we didn't want to fight. Was my dad could beat up your dad? That's like, what's the point? My dad is faster than your dad. Yeah, there's all these different ones. Anyway, we will never beat Yamato. He's a sumo champion for now. For now. I can't. I won't be able to beat Yamato, dude. Yamato is very good at sumo. He lost one round because he didn't understand, and then he just won every <laughs> single round. Well, you I, did, yeah, you took a round. I took a round, and then he figured out. Oh, if you just chill and don't try to rush people, you just <laughs> win slowly. And I was. <sighs> so League of Legends. Yeah, it's true. So our topics today, uh, for anyone interested, before we get into everything, vitality updates on vitality lcs awards we have some special topics we're going to go through and a preview of the upcoming quarterfinals so let's get started with uh vitality you guys secured second today first thing we got to talk about poppy jungle <laughs> what it was thing? a uh it sounded like a, a big mistake you how, how to was play the comp? Top. like did you actually did you go like kabushad you're playing poppy and then kabushad when he locked when the girl locked in and then kabushad was like what are you talking about like what's happening yeah like i just thought um I don't know, it was, as I said, I was really tired. Uh, we had to prepare for Schalke, and Schalke is, he's a poppy master, right? <laughs> That's and, true. Uh, I, did, uh, I did a blunder, and uh, we repaired it on the spot. Uh, Kiki's played some poppy in the past when he was a top laner for G2, so lucky us, I guess. Did you actually think, now that you mentioned the Schalke poppy, that they should have picked it in the first game? Because they went for that blind gnar. Like we drafted specifically to make sure that our comp is good into Poppy. We um, made sure we didn't have any dashes and uh, that was about it. Right. <laughs> the counter. <laughs> the counter, yes. Like the last time we faced them, we had we had Dash City. Like we had, um, i trying to remember, we had Zyra Khan that game. And Galio and like Gragas and just every champion that needs to dash in. And Poppy just got full <laughs> value from W and it was uh, it was no good. So this is an interesting draft, and after you guys won uh, just a little bit ago, we got a, a wonderful, mysterious Cabo tweet, and I want your impressions. So I'm just going to read it off verbatim. Uh, Cabo Shard, if you guys don't follow me, it's at Cabo Shard Law on Twitter. Um, 
Honestly, all I can say is that we are geniuses. I'm not really allowed to tell you anything else. We were very clear when we made this plan. Nobody could be told exactly what we were hoping to achieve because we plan on doing it again and we have several other pocket picks. Now, to me, Mr. Cannon, this sounds like the poppy might not have been an accident. What are you fishing for? Isn't this just a copy-paste of the meme? It the is. Macro? That is the macro genius. Yeah, but now it's not macro geniuses. Now well, it's the pocket pick. But, I mean, <laughs> didn't it start with macro? No, he just said, all I can say is that we are geniuses. I'm not really Oh, he had geniuses else. in there. Yeah. He's all right. memeing. He's all right, I'll try. I tried to fish. I didn't get anything. <laughs> Take it off. Terrible journalism. Well, I just want to read the tweet. I, I thought it was a play on the meme, but I was like, all right, how deep does this go? I mean, it was definitely the meme, right? Because the meme was yeah. like, we are macro geniuses. I can't really say a whole lot, but everything is planned or yeah, yeah. whatever. Actually, that game against Splice, we were macro geniuses. But beyond that, uh, it kind things, of backfired. Things, when things it shit. Yeah, you don't say that you're gen a genius. Yeah, yeah. Even if Stephen Hawking, if he when he was alive, he, he, I guess he didn't say he was a genius either. You just don't say that you're a genius. That's kind of thing. Trouble. People who say yeah. that they're geniuses or, or yeah. brag about their IQ, I find on the Twitter usually do not do very well. It's very important. This advice for everyone: careful with praising yourself. Make sure other people praise you because then it's great. They can call you a genius. That's mm. awesome. If you do it yourself. There's a giant target on your back, and the moment you yeah. fail anything, <laughs> the Reddit thread is just like <laughs> <Yes>. macro cheeses <laughs> all the way down. That's good meme, yeah. And don't do the revert thing as well, like, oh, I'm so bad. Oh, no, that's boring. I, that's, yeah, boring. Yeah. that's like Find Facebook. The middle. Uh, I just won the world final, but nah, you know. Guys, I'm not really happy with how I performed today, but you yeah, know, like, things take that up. trophy and shut up, man. That's all. <laughs> no, don't shut up. Talk trash. That's true, right? Learned true. it. Trash. Talk oh, trash. Okay. <laughs> all right, then the other thing I kind of want to talk about, Kikis was obviously the big catalyst that, that we've seen and we've talked about for the team. I want to talk about um, what kind of he's done for the environment. We talked to Attila just moments ago on PGL talking about how he was kind of this instantaneous fit within the team. He was an aggro dude on an already aggro team. Um, how did it feel bringing this guy in and seeing so much immediate success? It was um, amazing. Like for me... No, it was cookies. <laughs> Come on, you know, yeah, yeah, give me that one. I deserve that one. I feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so bad. Y you know, <laughs> it's very late. <laughs> <laughs> is it late? Is it? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like five seven. For the record, it is seven p.m. Yeah, it's not to, late. We have to show up in the morning and do all this. Yeah, you've yeah, spent yeah. ten minutes whining about that. You're done. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> the question was kickies. <laughs> Talking about kickies. When he first joined the team, what was the experience like? I was. Uh, you know, always when you bring in a new player or <laughs> bring in a player at all, we done, yeah? <laughs> so hard, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you know, always. Yeah, yeah, Kikis, you brought him in. Oh my God, Honeymoon stop, phase, honeymoon phase. Honeymoon phase. No, 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 that's not what I said. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try one more time. Otherwise, we move on to the next question, I think. Kikis, you know, whenever you bring in a player, I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> Why would you high five me? That was the worst. <laughs> okay. Hey, reset. Let's talk about kicking. Stop. All right. This is the Euphoria podcast. We're focusing up now, I swear. Um, I hope it, either people are laughing with us right now when they listen to this or they're like, these guys are so stupid. Like, well, this is terrible content. <laughs> anyway, kick us. Join the team. Martin, you good now? I'm yep, good now. I'm good. All right. I'm good. Please. Okay. Apologies. We're, we're good. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess. Okay. Uh, Kikis. Headline. 
Gig is, um, you know, when he came into the team, whenever you bring a player into a new dynamic, I always ask myself the question. I see the possibilities in how, uh, like the best scenarios and also the worst scenario, because you never know. Like you throw in another person into a mix, that dynamic changes completely. And uh, Kiki's fulfilled every wish of mine from day one. You know, I had questions in my mind that he need to, needed to answer. And uh, straight off the bat, he uh, answered all of them and I knew it was a perfect fit. Uh, from, uh, you know, a behind the scenes thing, what were some of the questions? I guess just that, um, of course, Kikis uh, wasn't active. Like he played uh, in the Polish league and did some minor things. He did uh, the EU Masters, so of course, you uh, begin to question mm -hmm. like how well will he play? Uh, he didn't scrim. How fast can he get into shape? And that was instantaneous. Like he came in, had ideas of what he wanted to play, was very uh, confident in a good way. And at the same time was very social with the guys. I think that's very important. Usually you get a new guy, he comes in, he's a bit quiet. I need to bring him in, uh, make him a part of the group. It's a process, right? It's like uh, Lord of the Flies or something. Mm. But uh, in our case, it was instantaneous. It was as if we played for him for a very long time. Uh, socially, he fits. And also in terms of how we want to play the game, he fits perfectly as well. And uh, I think his mindset towards the game and his professionalism is something that he has gathered throughout the years. And it uh, is something that is a massive strength for him as a player. And I mean, it's it's paid off in a way that I don't think we expected at all. Even if you had told me that mm -hmm. he was clicking behind the scenes and that he was LCS ready. And if you had told me this and he was practicing on your bench and ready to go literally every week of the split and you would... I would never have guessed that it would work out as well as it did. Because even with this culture fit, I we didn't see this level really from EU Masters from Kikis. Kikis EU Masters was pretty rough. Olaf games are the ones that people frequently reference. But this this level of performance from him has been uh, outstanding. Did you did you see this in scrims before it was on stage where, where things were working this well? Or were you kind of surprised too when the first few games you played on stage actually worked out uh, pretty well for the team? It was from day one, uh, from scrims. Uh, he really, really performed uh, fantastically. I don't want to mention who he uh, scrimmed against, but it was uh, the tougher opponents and uh, he showed up big time and I was uh, sold right away. I think, um, you know, uh, it, it's crazy when you have like a scenario with a team, for example, Misfits or us or some other team that has issues. It might be one issue that makes a lot of things look bad. Mm -hmm. And um, I think uh, it can be the scenario for a lot of teams. Sometimes they just come in and all of a sudden they start to click and it might be just one issue or two issues that you have to solve uh, in order for all the things to fall into place. And um, I think that's something that uh, I'm looking at, for example, in Misfit's case, maybe it's just one issue uh, from the inside is always hard to predict. Because I actually think um, the whole clicking and the synergy part is kind of the the fantastic story here mm. because like Kikis was always a good player but it wasn't often I felt like Kikis was like a level above everyone else you know uh, and I don't think now necessarily that he's way better than everyone else in the EULCS despite the success he's showing but the fact that his play style and how he wants to like you know approach the game just fits in so perfectly with the way Vitality wants to play. Like that is what's actually so special here. Uh, and it wasn't even, 
a situation where, you know, Kikis, has, as you said, has had like five, six weeks behind the scene to fit with the team and, you know, see the style from the outside in scrims. No, it's just like you're in, now you're playing. Oh, you want to play this aggressive style where you want to invade all the time? Well, here's a mid laner who loves to be able to push and then roam with you. And actually, Jizuke looks way better with Kikis now than he mm. did with Gilius in the start of the split. Uh, also, with some of the new champs like Rise, he can play now. Of course, the Galio is huge for him. Like, these two guys seem to have the same playstyle, and it's actually now it now means that instead of ganking lanes, it's a lot more of ganking the enemy jungler. And when you have full access of or full information of where the jungler is, it's way easier for the rest of the team to play aggressive in the laning phase, which has kind of always been a vitality thing. So it's really interesting just how well playstyle-wise he seemed to fit. Also with what you can do in the current meta, where it's not all about late game, which it was in some of spring, right? Uh, but now it is a lot about early snowball. So a lot of things came together, I feel like. Kikis was always a good player. He's a veteran, so he can step into a team. And yeah. he fits the play style that Vitality wants from that jungler. And I, and I do want to say, because like, this turnaround was both fantastic in terms of how it worked for your team, but also when we look comparatively to how you were doing beforehand, what makes this so fantastic is that you guys, it felt like you guys were really struggling. We made a rankings award. I think you weren't a part of this one, the most recent one in the background. I would have put you number one, don't worry. You, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, you can you can plead innocence there. This was me, uh, Whipple and Brox, I believe, but there was not a lot of faith in Vitality. People were like, you're done, you're figured out, you know what's going on. Um, now, regardless of that, I'm, I'm curious, without this kick change, do you feel like you guys would be in playoffs, let alone securing top two? I, th I still think we would be in playoffs. I think um, the reason we were rated C uh, during this time was because um, our scrims were not going so well. We were losing a lot of scrims and also the losses we had looked brutal, like absolutely brutal. We we did, for example, against Splice when we looked like uh, and people were just saying that we were running it down. Like our competition yep. could do nothing else because we were so far behind. We did a dive on top and we died. Three people died and then we got double killed on bottom and they were five quick gold ahead uh, instantly. And against Splice, if you are uh, not winning the early game, then you're gonna uh, be in a rough position. And in our case, we were losing side. We had no options besides just running it down mid and engaging with Kled. So our losses looked really rough. It was very similar against Fnatic. Our first loss, uh, we, they played, picked the Swain into us. We fell behind early and then they had a death ball. We had a death ball. Their death ball was way stronger and bigger and just thicker than our death ball. And, <laughs> you know, uh, there was nothing else to do. So I understand from an outside perspective how bad we looked in those losses but i still think we would manage to uh, reach playoffs based over the performance on of the teams that are in uh, the bottom four now and, one of uh, the interesting yeah. interesting things has kind of come out uh, this last week because we got the statement from gilius regarding uh, his position on the team and his decision to to kind of start soliciting other offers for those of you who haven't read mm -hmm. it it's a twit longer uh at also i think gilius law on twitter if you guys want to check it out it's actually it's for people who know the Gilius persona, I think it's a surprisingly calm statement. And I think when people called that out, he made it very clear on Twitter uh, with harsher language than I'll use that it wasn't BS, that it wasn't some PR move or any attempt to, mm -hmm. to save face uh, for either himself I mean, he, he or He made it pretty clear what happened, right? He said, yeah. you know, it didn't, he didn't fit with the team at the moment. He had different ideas about how to play the game, right? And... I believe he said that he actually requested bringing in a sub as well. Is that true or am I wrong here? I just um, had this. Um, hmm. I had this thought about Kikis that I wanted to say earlier, and I can't get it out of my head. Okay, say hey, your Kikis thought. We'll get to Gilles uh, in a second. Uh, yeah, we we'll get to Gilles in a second. Sure. Uh, I uh, wanted to mention about Kikis why it meshed so well. Uh, I think is because his 
understanding of what lanes need is mm. above any level of what I've seen from any other jungler that I work mm. with. Like if he sees a matchup, Jizuki says, oh, I push this here, I need pressure here, and I need to uh, do this and this at this moment, then he knows and he just adapts very, very fast. And I think in our case, uh, when I present the situation to him, I say, I can pick three winning lanes here. I want to make sure that uh, you pressure enemy jungler. He knows, he tells me, okay, pick me this and we can do it, you know? So whenever I present a scenario to him, he can uh, make a vision for himself very, very fast. And I think that's what makes him as strong as he is in terms of uh, jungling. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it, it has shown in terms of the way that he plays and the way that when you guys do draft winning lanes, um, he is able to just kind of take over a game or it looks like he's taking over the game because he's the one that gets to go into the jungle because all your lanes are pushing. Yeah. He used to be a laner, right? And I think uh, a lot of the strength comes from there. You know, the first day when uh, we were playing, for example, Jason scrims or something like that, and it was like, okay, we need to play into top heavily. If we don't do it, it's really, really bad. And already when you hear a jungle saying this, it's like, okay, he knows what's up. I didn't even need to say it, you know? And it was, that moment was another confirmation for me that uh, it was a good pickup. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things that Gilly's kind of called out um, specifically in the statement was that he did not see eye to eye with the other members of the mm -hmm. team and that like for him, mm -hmm. different perspective on how to play the game. And it looks like Kikis has lined up a little bit more with your guys' perspective on how to play. But I'm curious from your perspective, were, were you surprised at all, um, given the kind of reputation I think your team has for really strong personalities, when Gilius was willing to just say, hey, I don't think I'm the right choice for team and take a step back? Did that catch you off guard at all? Well, um, I think uh, he um, handled the situation well, uh, for sure. I think, um, you know, in an ideal world, I've always been telling my players that I would do this for every single position, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we were over in Korea, and uh, I believe in the idea of healthy competition. Uh, we were at the Afrika Gaming House, and we saw how they had like four junglers in the house that were just getting switched out in between, and they were helping each other in a very healthy way for the good of the team. And um, uh, everyone was aware of this idea and aware of um, uh, the possibility of uh, this coming in. And uh, uh, the idea of Kiki's appeared uh, in front of me because we had some uh, uh, disagreements about how uh, we should play the game. Uh, we wanted to uh, 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 play around specific lanes and uh, we wanted, we just had different approach in terms of what we wanted to pick in jungle. And I think, um, when Kikis came along, uh, Gilius and Kikis, they were working together. But then, um, of course, uh, from my point of view, I want to ensure the happiness of every single player. Mm. And uh, Gilius uh, felt, Jesus. Uh, yeah, so this fly is super aggressive. It's oh, always here. We were going to name him. Right? He just decided to name it now. Well, I mean, you can give him a different name. I was going to name him some other old man named like Herbert. <laughs> anyway, this is the EU for you fly. I apologize. Should actually call He's you very rude. We've never successfully killed him. We've tried many times, so we've just ex accepted like that, that he is uh, immortal and that he's just a part of the set at this point. Could also be hundreds of different flies, but there's always one. We assume this point. is the one. He's tiny. He's, he's young. Yeah. So he's been here for a couple of weeks. I've never seen someone as famous as Yamato King. He's very, very keen. <laughs> I have no idea what I was saying anymore, man. You were about to talk about... Um, Talking about ensuring the happiness of your players. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I want to ensure the happiness of all of my players. I don't want to, anyone to be in an environment where they feel uncomfortable. So when Gilius pretty much uh, requested uh, to see if there's any opportunity in another team, I told him straight up, if you, I, I can do this for you, but if we do this, then there's no going back. 
because I, I cannot uh, have an environment where uh, like a player is 95% in or 90% in or he's not sure of the situation. Mm -hmm. So I told him uh, straight up, we can look for options and uh, uh, I will do this for the sake of you because I could keep him, I could lock him in and do whatever. And uh, the outcome was that, um, you know, he wanted to uh, join uh, the other top teams and we couldn't uh, reach an agreement with the other teams. Uh, I think in the middle of the season, it's a very tough thing to do, which I also uh, told Gilius. And um, after that, you know, uh, the trust is broken, not in a necessary like, I don't trust Gilius kind of thing, but if a, t if a player is not 100% committed sure, to the yeah. team, then... We see it uh, in sport as well. Yeah, and uh, you can there's no turning back, right? And I think you can see how it would be disruptive to the environment to have a player who you know, I mean, even if he goes, I want to be back, once you kind of open that door and question that trust, yeah, yeah. it's hard to put that ba right back. Pretty much. And at the same time, you know, uh, I felt like uh, the dynamic we had, you know, it's always uh, crazy how... One player can change, like one person can change the entire dynamic. I think that um, uh, the point Gilius reached with uh, us as a team was similar to the point I reached with uh, with Splice when uh, I parted ways with Splice. I could recognize myself in his position where he's in a place where uh, he doesn't have the trust of everyone at the same point as before and there's like scars from the past that are staying mm -hmm. in and it's just a very difficult situation to be yourself in and I think uh, for Gilius in order for him the way I saw it for him to become better as a player I think it was uh, good for him to take the next step. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does in the future because he has had some really high highs in his career uh, and especially on, on your team as well when you guys yeah. were stomping. It's a tough spot to be in now though because yeah. you leave when the team is struggling a bit and then the new guy hmm. pushes the team to a second place finish, right? Because sure. uh, everyone instantly then look at the jungle change obviously and go like, oh, uh, as it's the easy one is like blame Gilius, praise Kikis, even if Gilius... Uh, maybe it wasn't the core issue, but he just didn't help with the problems and kick his did. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be just his fault uh, at all. Like a lot of things clearly now clicks for them. But it is a tough spot to be in. And I even saw like there was a Reddit thread saying that this is the fourth time kick is actually replaces yep. Gilius uh, on a team going all the way back to Challenger series and so on. Um, and it, it at some point it really must suck. You know, if if you are Gilius, I mean, you keep I probably happening every time, man. I mean, yeah, I probably say that's probably just a feeling you you keep to yourself, right? But knowing Gilius and his personality, like he's gonna try and work even harder now back, yeah. to to bounce back. And the thing he wants to do the most now is to get back on an LCS team, go against Vitality, beat Kikis and Yamato Cannon, and be like, boom, there we go. <laughs> and then he's moving forward. You know, I, I can definitely see that as one of his core or clear goals for, for next year. I don't see him getting immediately swapped into any of our playoff teams at this so we assume for next season. We'll, we'll assume for next well, year. The, the, there's a block already. You can't switch. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. It's always right. right. Yeah, so there you I, go. The, the final words I would say is um, uh, in regards to Gilly's situation and vitality is that um, uh, he was... Um, the environment was not right for him to improve anymore. I, I didn't feel like he could improve. And when I reached that point with the player, you have to uh, look at, uh, at a dynamic change, pretty much. Can I ask, what's stopping LCS teams at the moment from having 10-man rosters? I think um, having, making sure you have good players, 
I think staff is already hard to get. You mm -hmm. need to have uh, coaches, etc. Like we we have a challenger team, right? We have an academy team. Uh, we have uh, they're playing in the French league. We have some players. We have unlimited coaching that uh, that roster and. Um, Uh, we've invested um, a fair bit into make, making sure our academy team is good. Uh, but even then, it's um, not at the point where I would want it to be. It's something that is progressing, and I think uh, it will take some time. But uh, I think it's uh, definitely a benefit. Hopefully, uh, coming with franchising, uh, I would love to see some... Like the idea I envisioned when I was at... Uh, Uh, what, what's it called? Player uh, player summit. Mm -hmm. I envision that every team is assigned to a country and they're forced to have a regional team. I think that's something that would be cool. And I think the idea of having an academy team is absolutely amazing. I think uh, it has shown a lot of success over in uh, North America, yep. in Korea as well, in China as well. There's a bunch of subs there. There's a line of subs for every role. And I think it's... Um, Just the next step. I think every team needs substitutes. Because we are the only major region right now here in Europe. I guess maybe we can include LMS without knowing everything about all the rosters there. But mm. we're one of the only regions not really having teams utilizing subs other than, well, Fnatic. as obviously one of the main ones here in Europe. Because, like as you said, you know, it would be the dream for you to have 10 LCS-ready players. Yeah. Kikis was here from the start of the split, so maybe... You know, something different could have happened. Maybe the other roles for other teams where having a sub here would be crucial. But it makes sense, like, especially with lack of staff, because the more players you have, I mean, the more infrastructure you need to keep control of everything that's going on. So hopefully it, it does improve uh, in Europe because it it's, seems to only be a benefit if you have more LCS-ready players and you can actually do a lot of things yeah. in terms of practice and, and, and so on. So And I mean, of course, like we're, we're still struggling to see new talent on a lot of rosters in the EULCS. So it's hard for me to imagine right now without some of these newer pipelines that you're envisioning, whether it's academy teams or, or equivalent or whatever, hmm. where we I find this new with team. That statement. I think there is new talent coming in, but there's also a ton of recycled talent that I, you, you uh, know that if... The, I think the, the fact that there's only two rookies speaks for itself. I agree for summer split, but for spring we had like an insane amount of new players yeah. uh, joining and very few teams need to make big roster changes between spring and summer. So I think it's only natural because like yeah. if you look at uh, like rookies for a split, I agree. We only had a few. Yeah. If you look at rookies for the year. We had a lot. Yeah, you're right. You know? I didn't um, think about this. So uh, to me... I understand if an LCS team says, you know what, we don't have the staff or the budget to have 10 LCS players, so we have to stick with five, that you don't maybe gamble always on, on newer players, but I think a lot of teams did do it in spring. I obviously know that, yeah, we are recycling some of the old players for sure, um, but I, I still think that we, and I was actually very surprised coming into spring split with the amount of new players joining, and also how excited I was already for like Vitality with the guys from Giants who were three rookies uh, joining where like that to me shows the talent factory that Europe is, is still going full, yeah. full on like, and maybe now with, you know, franchising and potentially bigger rosters, you're probably gonna see even more rookies just because you have the ability to actually build a bigger roster than now. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, yes. I'm ready to see it go to the next level because <laughs> I think you're right that this year was a good example. I personally still want to see more. I sure. still feel like there's more European talent out there that can be brought up once we have the infrastructure to do so. But I think this year was definitely a step in the right direction. Once long-term partnerships do come around, once we figure out who those teams are, I want to see the 10-man roster or at least, you know, two subs that could legitimately play unlike the vast majority of 
the history of subs in EULCS, which has been guys who you know hang out on the bench for yeah. maybe play one game. We're maybe. trying over at Vitality for sure. Yeah, because you guys yeah. got the yeah. academy sure. team got the already. Academy going, and um, you know it's um, it's crazy. Like you made me thinking about it got me thinking about the Exodus. People are afraid of the Exodus. Yeah, yeah. And Sven going over. This is a conversation that I don't. Uh, here anymore, and you got me thinking about it. This is yeah. this, we were good, this is a good year for rookies. What was I saying? Yeah, yeah. Rookie, two rookies in this split uh, speaks for itself. Forget about that. Because yeah. <laughs> remember, when Sven and Mithy left and Power of Evil left, I was legitimately worried about the level of Europe. And then we won Rift Rivals. Woo woo. Not that that's a hundred percent the clearest indicator of which region is superior, but you also see so much new young talent coming up. Players. Tons of players evolving. The evolution of Caps has been fantastic to watch. Right, rising up as from kind of the disappointing prodigy into everything that he was expected to be. It's a similar story now for Upset, for Attila, for these guys that were promised to be star level 80 carries that had inconsistent performances at the start. So it's it's cool to see it develop. Um, our next topic, gentlemen, is I'm going to call it the EU4 EU LCS Awards. That's what we're going to call it. We need some music playing. We, we're going to get cheesy game show music. It's yeah, we need game show music. You definitely may do that, yes. You can drink from it too if you want. Yeah, it's not just for display. We could just pass it around and drink from it. That would be, <laughs> do it, man. be so hard. We spent about two minutes laughing, so I think it would not be the weirdest thing we've done today. Um... Division, do you have any preference on where you want to start? But we got a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, we got some. Uh, we got some serious ones. We got some fun ones uh, in there as well. Okay. Um, you want serious or fun first? Let's keep it fun, I guess. All right, fun first. <laughs> mm. Now, now we said they were going to be fun. So if they're not fun, people are going to be super mad at yeah, us. Yeah. All right, that might be lame. Most iconic duo, and I'll go first. Visachachi and dying in side lanes. <laughs> That's the, not the Visachachi and Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> Chogath. Poppy, Nar, name a champion where he doesn't die in side lanes. Yeah, he's, he's also a god. I'm not going to say that he does not like go off and carry tons of games, but if Vizichachi does not get caught at least once in a side lane in a Shalka game, it is not a Vizichachi game as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Yanka's Braum, you know, yeah. that's obviously an iconic one right now. Um, I think he misses the Braum because uh, when he Probably. played Braum, everything was great. 6-0, you know, fantastic. Everyone and his mistakes were in a shadow, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> no one knows yeah, anything. You screw up on Braum, it's like, oh, oh you shield it the wrong way, no problem. I remember when Funnel <laughs> came out and they're like, wait, you can gank lanes with Funnel? Yankos is a genius. <laughs> like, you get lane priority, you don't just concede the map and wait? Like, people, minds were blown. Mm, what other <laughs> iconic duos from this split? I can't think of anything. Can we play a champion? Player and champion, like the first thing that came to Breakers mind. Breakers and the bench. Ooh, sure. That's a, that's a pretty bench. iconic duo. This I mean, it's a duo, yeah. Memento on level two ganks. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good classic. One. So, what else? Rocket and 1-1 one, one record. A splice Ooh. and hovering champions. Yeah, oh, they sure. hover the most. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had this, I said this on cast. Uh, we have, Diana is hovered by Zerze. yeah. We have uh, Ari hovered by Kabi. Kissing hovers Zillion. Zillion every time. And Uramna most of the time hovers either Maokai or Ramus or yeah, both. Yeah. Does Niski not hover anything? No, he does not. Good on Niski. Good on Niski, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't get social pressure. Doesn't. <laughs> Peer pressure. He's his own man. Not going to fall for it. Most of the time they do, but like... Just snap first. All right, come on. I feel like we're missing out on some iconic duos. There has to be. I feel like Visachachi and dying in a side lane is a great one. Yeah, that one is fine. <laughs> Visachachi and Poppy, uh, it gets one too. Ooh, H2K and statements about why their team is losing. Good duo. 
Kiki's an invading. Yeah. It's true. I that's like a that new one, one yeah. but that's a classic. I like it. Jizuki and laughing at anything. Anything, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too. I was coming out uh, before casting, or no, not casting, before doing something yesterday. I forgot what I, even what I did yesterday. I was making tea, and I was like trying to squeeze a lemon to it, and I dropped the entire lemon, and it <laughs> shot up in my face, and like suddenly Jizuke is right next to me, <laughs> and I went from like alone making my tea, making a mistake, to like everyone watching, because Jizuke just explodes immediately with laughter, <laughs> just like goes off. <laughs> he does like the, the Simpson impression really well. Oh, God. The, What's it's his killer. What's his name? Um, the bully Nelson. Nelson. <laughs> yeah, the Nelson Lash. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what I imagine with Jizuke. He, did, he even did like the pointy thing. He did the one. Like, yeah, yeah, he did it. He did when it. I, I, I mentioned it, do you know Nelson from Simpsons? Like Nelson Mandela? What? <laughs> 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 A little different. <laughs> A little Very different. different yeah. yeah, definitely different. <laughs> No, I, All right. I, well, you kinda, I'm sure a lot of uh, fans will have a lot of iconic yeah, duos. Let us know hashtag U40 podcast if you guys have any votes for most iconic duo. Well, we'll you know we'll see what you guys got. Um, who is the best Brom? Now, Yankos was already mentioned. People asked for the best Brom award when you asked for this earlier. Is Yankos the best Brom? Who's the best Brom? Hybrid. Hybrid, <laughs> hybrid, is the best bomb. I that's, just, <laughs> that's an old one. I can't, I can't forget. Like he got this MVP award when there was like the top five players yeah, in yeah. the role, and then it usually was some phrase like most first bloods uh, in three <laughs> weeks. And then when it came to hybrid, it was like two games on Brom. That was like the, the amazing thing he did. <laughs> so Brom, hybrid, that's the one for me. <laughs> right, you say that one. So n- nominations uh, will be Yankos and Brom. Yankos, hybrid. Uh, Hybrid <laughs> Vander and Braum as well because Classic. like he first picks this champion and was 100% win rate until Vitality showed up <gasps> and I believe Smack. he ruined How everything. How dare you? So he's still nominated. Oh wait, right? did he play it against H2K? Can you double check uh, that? I'll find out. Anyway, Keep he, thinking of Braum. he used to have a 100% win rate. I think he still he did have it until today. Uh, so I mean that has to be an iconic one as well. I was gonna hide it from Spring Split, Noscaron, and Braum. Yeah, yeah, dabbing on people. Doing dabbing on people, one-tricking Braum. Uh, so I think that there's actually a few uh, right there. There's a few nominations. The, the Casting Braum is a cute one because he was like the range support player and then he And then against you guys. He five games of Braum. Five games of Braum. He early picked it. There's two games on Braum and then there's five games on Braum. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the hybrid one. <laughs> that, was a, that was a poor choice uh, in, uh, on our side in terms of graphics. Those were MVP Daler times, you know. Dude, MVP <laughs> Daler was legit, man. <laughs> Definitely not the smartest thing we've ever done in the broadcast when we gave him MVP, but I still think it's one of the funniest moments. Watching Reddit explode (laughs) for the fact we gave him how dare you? (laughs) I mean, you can't give it to a coach when it's like, yeah, his team won, his players play of the game. (laughs) I don't know, man. We give out coaches a split. I feel like we can give a coach (laughs) MVP. We clearly have enough insight to make these decisions. People trust us. All right, do we have to pick one of the Bronx? Yeah. Uh, So Vander, by the way, played Rakan. He did not lose. Good, good, good. uh, So he was 100% until today when he lost on it. I think I'm going with Jankos and Brom because when he played it, G2 Esports, they were at least tied for best team in Europe. Oh, true. Without the Brom, they're down as number four. Yeah. It's quite a jump down. Yeah. Was, right. um, there's most effective Brom, like in terms of performance. I think that's uh, the G2 award. And then for me, out of uh, 
memory and a lot of laughs. It's hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna give uh, honorable mention to our boy Hybrid. We'll give it to Yankos for the for the official best Brom award. Next up, something a little more serious. The biggest surprise this split. Now it can be a player or a team, but who did you expect to suck that went insane, or who did you expect to be really good that kind of performed? What was the biggest surprise for you guys this split? Mm. Mm. Difficult. I so I will start with H2K. Um, because I remember the preseason rankings we did for summer split. I actually put them like towards the middle after the run they made uh, at yeah. the end of uh, of spring. That the five game series against you guys uh, as well. No, obviously I'm sure. Which, by the way, you almost lost, but Joko leapt into your team like three times consecutively. Oh yeah, that was a rough series. Joko, shook. Was that shook? Shook. Yeah. shook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got very confused. Yeah, uh, I was Joko. confused too. Yeah. Shook, sorry. Yes, apologies. <laughs> Joko was in there. Joko played a lot of Zach. I got confused. He was shook on, the analyst on Zach. Joko was on the analyst desk. Good guest. Leapt into your team like three times with no backup. It's and true. Gave you guys, I think, I would say gifted you guys a win there in a very tight series. Well, we gifted some games that, that series too. Yeah. It's like true. Like the Olaf Steel. Like how many Barons did we lose that series? It was Probably every single one at some it's point. It's crazy. Like H2K is, is a funny pickle because... You know, I think their bot lane is good. I think Sheriff and Promise Q mm -hmm. are, are good players. I think Promise Q has a good champion pool. I think his laning is, is good. I think uh, what's so strange about Shook is that he's like he's the player you bring in for one split and then he just doesn't play good anymore. <laughs> it's, it's strange. He's always the fix. Yeah, yeah. Fix he's, he's always like, bring him in, pay him some extra money. Like he was in Copenhagen Bulls at one time, <laughs> fixing <laughs> some is, issues and you just When people bring him talk in. about honeymoon phases, it feels like that term was made for Shook. Yeah. This guy comes in and the team does look so much better for a short period of time, maybe half a split, maybe a whole split. He and brings then, the party, everyone is happy, they're having a great time, but then you have to wake up the next day and you feel horrible and it goes downhill. Yeah. That's what it feels like. So you have party shook versus hangover shook? Is that what you're telling <laughs> Maybe. <me? laughs> Maybe. But I, to be, like, the reason I had them as a big surprise was just like, they went from what I consider the middle of the table team mm. to almost going 0-18. Like they broke the losing streak just before getting to Origins losing streak of 0-14. So that was something by beating Splice. And then obviously they had that last game against Schalke because... As you said, like they actually have some pretty good players yeah, on, on the lineup. Like, people are always saying, "Oh, they didn't invest any budget or whatever." I think this is a load of crap. Like they picked up some decent players, mm -hmm. and I think uh, when it comes to H2K, I think um, from what I saw, I felt like their demeanor uh, and how their morale was in general uh, in regards to uh, the team atmosphere. It looked really down early in the split. It felt like they just lost hope early and they, they were... They made a change, maybe? They were gunning for vacation, pretty much. Mm. That's the impression I got from meeting them in the hall. Uh, like in the in the later parts, they uh, did some good things. I think they did some interesting drafts here and there. And it was, for me, it was scary to play against H2K because it's a mm -hmm. team that you don't want to lose against, you know? <laughs> That's and, what we um, said on broadcast too. Yeah. Like, you don't want to lose yeah, H2K. Yeah, yeah. Pressure's on you. Pressure is not on H2K. Because uh, when you have a low amount of wins, it's very easy to remember who lost, you know? Two oh, wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Splicen. They denied Schalke second place. Yeah, thank you. God bless H2K. <laughs> this is, uh, for me, uh, I think H2K was uh, the perfect H2K for me. <laughs> to bring on some uh, other biggest surprises, like Reckless getting benched. I was going to say that one. Obviously, yeah. was one of them. Mm. I actually think now we had the H2K one. Uh, Kadrill is a guy who's been getting nonstop praise from the H2K people. This was a guy who left the LCS in spring 
and people laughed at him on the way out yeah. because he was a mid laner that became a jungler who played two games and those games was it was bad like yeah. it did not look great and people were like what is happening and then he got benched for shook and it was like i for a moment thought back then like this is how you like your career can almost end in terms of reputation yeah. based I mean, on what just happened. That is there. the absolute worst way to go out. Cause you remember, I, I believe it was his mid lane game where it was the Malzahar mid and he like one of his first oh, games, yeah, yeah. they were winning the game. He flashed <laughs> for the wall. He ulties, he cancels his right. It was against us. It was against <laughs> you. And look like, obviously it's funny now, but I feel really bad for that dude because if from that event into playing jungle, into leaving a team, yep. like, Shout out to HGK for giving him another chance because he's shown us so much more. But like that is a career killer right there in terms of public perception, at least. Mm -hmm. and, and I think now, at least behind the scenes among pros and so on, like there's going to be a lot of positive things to say about Cadrill from the guys he played with on H2K. So I think that was probably not the one most people will talk about. But to me, yep. that was actually a huge surprise to yep. see uh, that success story. I think it was extra tough for him as well because... It was the story of HUK, how they were bad. They brought himself in Shook and, and all of a sudden winning, they yeah. started winning. Mm. At the same time with Kadro, like H2K should have won against Misfits. Mm -hmm. Should have won mm -hmm. against G2 as well. Like they lost off of silly, stupid Nash steals. Like Leblanc stealing Baron. Like that's not it's how true. you should win. These two should have lost. Yeah. And Misfits as well, they stole Nash. Uh, you can give Kedro some some you know breathing room because he's not uh, the most experienced jungler. But I think he did some good things, and I think um, his transition is something that is uh, working out for him. Usually, when a player switches roles, you're like, ah, good luck. But it worked out. Kick is also a big surprise. People swapping to jungle seems to be a positive. You take your laner mechanics, mm -hmm. learn how to play a strategic game, and you just become a super jungler. I mean, it's working. Um, so. The kick is one as well. Yeah. Um, I remember before you joined, I was asked the question, will Vitality make playoffs? And we had to do like these top six predictions. I think it was like week five or something. And I put you, I believe I put you number six, but said, you know what? If there's one team dropping out, it's Vitality. Okay. Um, and I think I had Rocket just underneath you, if I remember 100% correctly. And I actually felt pretty confident that Vitality would just be in middle of the pack, maybe even outside of top six team at that point. Um, but then when Kikis joins, the whole thing just changes and like seeing Kiki's return as a jungler to do what he's doing now with Vitality like that is something no one could predict and definitely one of the biggest surprises as well yeah for sure I think uh, that wins that award I think yeah. I, it probably well, needs so to win it yeah. speaking <laughs> of that I, we have two more um, I was going to do biggest upset but I think if anyone says anything other than H2K Schalke they're probably wrong is there any other contenders other than Splice beating Team Liquid at Rift Rivals shout out to you Splice <laughs> that, was a great, that was great that was actually a huge upset <laughs> that was probably the biggest upset <laughs> but we'll you, actually yeah, <laughs> you just have to give it to that one I was yeah. going to say just EULCS but God bless you Splice you saved Europe thank you we had another one um, H2K's place? <laughs> hey, that one was also an upset. Uh, you guys versus Fnatic. Yeah, I with guess at, at the point in time, it was yeah. an upset. But then looking at uh, our... Sure. Trajectory. Trajectory. Yeah, kind of yeah. It has to be Splice versus Team Liquid. All right, Splice versus Team Liquid it is. Good on you, Splice. We still appreciate that. Good luck in playoffs. <laughs> uh, all right, so we got upset out of the way. So, the, But the one I wanted to get into was our MVP for Euphoria. Now, we... The votes, I believe, cast end of today, end uh, of tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Wait, really? I didn't vote. 
No, you have to. You have to vote. Tomorrow. You have till tomorrow. Oh, it got okay. extended because of tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah. Check your oh. email. I don't know how it works for teams. You guys might have one vote as a team. I, I don't like that people get the 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 freaking what's it called, the Google Doc before the last weekend is over. No, but you don't have to vote. You but people wait. do anyway. But that's it. Ah, but that's trash. Okay, so I, 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 I got to jump in here real quick because I used to be the one responsible for the votings. Mm -hmm. And what Jamarican just said there, first with him saying, wait, I forgot to vote. Oh, I didn't vote yet already. I didn't know. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know. Like, I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought about but it. This, this goes hand in hand with him thing. saying, so, you getting mad about why they send the doc early. Yeah. This is why they send the doc early. Because most happens. people don't pay attention. We send it out to, to the teams. We inform the managers and we say, hey, can you make sure that there's one for the players where they vote together and there's one for the coach, you mm -hmm. know, so, it's, so you get two, two votes coming back from each team. And we, we very specifically uh, tell them, hey, you have a week now. Can, you, can we make sure that people know so they, they fill them out? You know, it takes five minutes, you know, if you don't want to spend time on it. <laughs> and what always ended up happening when I used to do it was I would sit on the last day, uh, like a few hours before the deadline, and we, I would look at the list of who, who actually responded. And it would be all the casters. Uh, maybe one guy forgot, but generally it would be all the casters. Uh, all the journalists. Uh, then it would be couple of the players and like two of the coaches. And I'll just be like, what's happening here? And I have to start sitting and writing to every coach separately. And they'll be like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, and come on. Please. The moral of the story is, if you can pass this responsibility off to someone else, do it because it's exactly what Deficio did. Medic is yes. now in charge of MVP voting, organizing and getting trophies cool. So shout out to and Medic for taking that responsibility. I also know that the managers actually do tell their teams. The teams just forget it because <laughs> a couple of days later, they just never think about it again. And then Cause you want to wait. Like, like, I thought about it. I thought about it and I thought, oh, good on ELCS. They're going to send it out after the split is over. So that was my mindset. The deadline was set uh, for today before the tiebreaker. So the whole point was you were supposed to vote after the last games, obviously. We just want yeah. to give you extra time to think about yeah, it. Yeah. And now you can decide who's your MVP. Yeah, so well, this should is we the just do one without caps? Like <laughs> no, no, caps so is MVP. This is this is the thing, right? Is this is why I brought this one up as a potential topic. Because I think caps was the easy bet, but Vettius has been saying this to me, and he's planted the seed in my mind that Kikis might be MVP. Caps, Caps took a team full of already good players, and he was the best player on a very good team, and he made a lot of stuff happen. Kikis took a middle-of-the-pack team and got them second place. Now, you can say that every player on your team was a factor of that for sure, but in terms of the MVP definition of one player defining a team, you changed one player, and you went from middle-of-the-pack to top of the table. That is, like, that is the clearest case for MVP I can see, just in terms of like easy outside perspective. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, even in the game against Fnatic, like Broxa, I think, is considered the best jungler in Europe. And what he did mm -hmm. to Broxa is something that has never happened to him before. And I think uh, Kiki's against the junglers that were considered the best, was well, what he did to them was absolutely beautiful. Like yesterday against Jankos, was, uh, it was really dirty what he did to him. Yeah, I, I guess I'm a fan of that one. It's hard. It's hard. I, I, so I, I the other argument, though, is that I still do think that Caps is, the, in terms of I, best individual player, Caps is the best individual player in the ULCS. There's, there's no doubt in my right, mind like, that is the truth. But it depends on your MVP yeah. definition. That's right? the thing. People typically want to ask the question of if you remove this player from the team and replace him with someone else, how much different would it look? And I mean, obviously, with the Kickers case, if you took Kickers out of Vitality now it would definitely make you guys way worse. Yep. Uh, and it would really hurt how you guys are finding success at the moment. So in terms of just value there, uh, obviously people make a case for him not playing enough games, but like 
it honestly is in a lot of ways with caps and and kick is up there like the race might be closer than people expect the thing about caps though is just like he's been the best player in europe uh this split he gets all the attention on fanatic and he has to carry with that uh you know with whatever resources they're they're pouring towards him and he's done it so often this split yeah. Even less split, I think. He was Even less split, split, yeah. Yeah, we were watching a clip earlier today on, on PGL where he was playing LeBlanc. And he was making all the calls. And in he the was fight. literally calling every yeah, cooldown. Yeah. He's literally telling um, Hillisang on Rakan, hey, come shield me, get close to me. Ezreal's going to eat. Ezreal doesn't eat, but this man is already thinking one yeah. step ahead as he's shot calling, as he's killing one person with LeBlanc, flashing forward, going back to the distortion. He's saying, block the skill shot that's not, maybe not available, maybe is, yeah. but be ready for that. He's playing Ezreal for the other guy better than he's. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually could have eaten over and maybe killed him. It's crazy. I think, uh, you know, the biggest question is, like, Fnatic, they have insane coordination with jungle support and how they impact mid lane. Mm -hmm. yep. And who is the reason behind that? Is it Caps that is just uh, mm -hmm. coordinating everything? Is he the one that is saying, I need pressure at this time, we can do this and this, when you come out of base, are we doing this and this? That's a big question mark. Because I think if, if Caps is the one... Uh, being the captain of the ship and taking those decisions and clearly explaining to his support in jungle what he needs from them, then I think for sure he deserves the MVP, no question. If Broxa and, and Hillisang mm. are insane enough to know uh, around mid lane exactly when they need to be there and how the pressure into mid, I think that's also uh, like depending on where this synergy comes from. That's the biggest question for me. Yeah, and that's obviously why with MVP it's so hard because we don't have a lot of insight into who's actually making the calls, who is the reason for the success other than what we see in the game. And that's why typically MVP from the outside, it's easier to just look at who is the best performing player mm -hmm. and then say, well, he's the best performing player. He's doing it in the most important games. He then becomes the MVP uh, based on that. And I mean, it's like Caps is going to be the heavy favorite to win this title. And I mean, you even started this segment by saying, can we do this without Caps? Yeah. Because it felt yeah. so and, obvious. And the interesting thing is that, and that the advantage that Kikis has coming into this, just as a potential candidate, is that unlike any other team where you're not 100% sure who's shot calling or doing what. You just saw the change. Yeah. You saw the change, right? Even even if Kikis literally shows up and is is doing nothing, right? And you can obviously tell us more. You can give us more insight than that. But people see the change and there's a clear before and after. You don't get that before and after when a team doesn't actually make a roster swap, right? Because Caps could leave and Fnatic could fall apart in an instant. We wouldn't know, but a lot of people might just assume that if you put in another mechanically good mid laner, that yes, they might drop maybe one rank in the standings, but they'd still be a top team. So it's it's a difficult position to be in, for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, if Caps has insane players around him, you know, yeah. which makes it a lot easier for him as well. But... I, I love the fact that in close games, I feel like when you watch Fnatic play, you always tell yourself, okay, what's Caps going to do now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and especially now that Reckless has not been playing for most of the split and when he has been playing now, he's been more on like Israel and these kind of things. Like it goes just straight to Caps. It's the same at MSI. And every time he got a kill as a, as a, as a fan backstage during the international games, like I was like, okay, 
Caps got a kill. I'm actually feeling pretty good now about Fnatic's chances of winning this game. Yeah. That's so rare. Uh, it was how I used to feel about uh, perks, you know, sometimes with G2, mm. uh, where it was like, okay, when he played at MSI against SKT and they got to the final, it was like, okay, yes, they got perks ahead in the mid lane. Something is going to happen now. Uh, where I feel like perks is, is more of a, he's more focused on the entire team, uh, where Caps is still all about him. Um, so he's going to be my MVP vote. But I, I think Kick is like, he's making a case for it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Because and it's super interesting. Further gets to further the case today by playing, you know, a surprise jungle poppy game, showing up. Sure. I mean, all people butt. also make cases for Broxa, Hillisang, these kind of players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nuke Duck on Schalke. Um, if you ignore maybe the last couple of games here. Sure. Uh, because he didn't have the greatest ending to the split, but like doing a lot of it, he did look very good. I think Nuke Duck, like, I've worked with him. So many times, like I worked with him in Vitality and Rocket in Lemon Dogs and TT Dragons and Team Solo MebD. Like I've, <laughs> I'm glad you said Team Solo MebD. I've known him for story. Like I've known him for. I've met his mother. Like I, I, I've known him for so long, <laughs> and. Um, you know, his mother came with him at the first land because we're both like 16. That's, right, that's right. why. Fair, fair. <laughs> and. Um, it was, uh, you know, knowing Nuktak for so long, uh, when he's in a position, you know, uh, I think he's always been a fantastic player. Like as a mid laner, he's always been rated very highly by everyone because uh, the people that face him in the 1v1, they know that he's skilled. Like he's the type of player that really goes deep into a matchup and tries to learn it 100% every angle. Uh, and um, when you have this type of player, then as a coach, you're happy, right? Jizuki is very similar as well. He's very precise in what he needs needs to learn and what he needs to do. And Nuktak has always been that, and I think that's why all the mid lanes has, have respected him. I think in a team environment, his weakness has always been being consistent in the way he communicates. Because I think when it comes to Nuktak, uh, if he can take charge and he's playing, for example, Dakali against us, he knows how to direct four players. When it was Le Lemon Dog times, he was playing Fizz and all these assassins, Zed, etc. Ari as well, Swain <laughs> against Faker. There was a bunch of things. <laughs> yeah, Swain. Uh, but when he was playing uh, those assassins and he got ahead, uh, he also took charge. He was the guy who was leading Lemon Dogs to a uh, second place finish in uh, yep. uh, in the split and eventually to Worlds, right? And uh, I think when Nuktak is put in a good draft situation and he's ahead, he can always communicate. And I think uh, uh, the lack of consistency has been his biggest weakness for uh, all of the years in terms of communication only. But play-wise, if you put him in a 1v1 tournament, I think he's a great player for that. And mechanically and teamfight-wise, he's always been pristine. This is something that I would never question when it comes to Nuktak. I think there's a lot of good options. Uh, it's hard for me to decide. I haven't made a decision. Interesting to hear Cavs. Interesting to hear what, what everyone votes for when we see the votes come out later. Um, we'll, we'll end the awards there because there is one more thing that I want to talk about today, and that is the quarterfinals coming up. It feels appropriate that we st start with Splice, Schalke, since we've already mentioned uh, Nuke Duck here. Now, earlier today on PGL, or for those of you who haven't watched, this is the PGL happening after this Sunday show. We already talked a little bit about the matchups, and from what we heard from Attila, from you, Deficio, and from Sheepy, was that... Mostly was expected for this to be a pretty Schalke favored matchup from what you've seen so far. Now, admittedly, a statement could come out, people could get sick, everything could fall apart before this is released. <laughs> but assuming uh, most of the information stays the same, it seems like you were very much in the Schalke camp over the Splice camp. Kind of run us through that. I mean, uh, I have to base a lot of it on just what we've seen on stage the last couple of weeks. Um, 
you know, it's it's been hard to get super excited about Splice because while I actually think if you look at the second half, they obviously did a lot better than in the first half of the split. And I think that they, I think like they're like a, a fine team. They're not a great team. They're not a terrible team. They they're fine. They haven't really found something other than trying to go to late game as like really the big play style. They tried to shift it up against Giants in the very last game of the split where they did play a lot more aggressive in the early game, which was good to see, but that was obviously against Giants. So it's a lot easier to do than against some of the, some of the playoff teams. And I have too many question marks regarding how Spice are going to play because even in the late game, while I think that's their strength, I actually don't think they are better than a lot of the other teams at playing late game. Um, I think the Schalke game is an example. They just played against Schalke recently. They got to 40 minutes and Schalke won the late game team fights, uh, except for the one at the mid inhib. And it was one of those where I was like, ah, okay. And then Splice against Fnatic also got to full late game, played some really good team fights, still ended up losing some of the crucial ones in the end. So I'm not seeing the CLG.EU of old days where I knew if it was past 35 minutes, they would just win, uh, which is why I struggled to fully identify like the key strength of the team that they have over the other playoff teams and that's why unless they improve a lot during the week's practice i think Schalke are the favorites i can make uh, an argument for splice uh, i think uh, i i wouldn't favor Schalke as heavily as everyone does i think if we base it off of performance in regular split for sure Schalke is the easy favorite but the main thing for me is uh, in the past uh, some of the players on Schalke, mm -hmm. when games are important or in best of five scenarios, they tend to play worse. This is something that I keep in mind. I also am looking at um, some of the things Schalke have been doing, like you see amazing playing the same champions over and over. I think Xerxes as a jungler is someone that can devour someone like amazing if he's put in the right scenario. I think he can bring new champion picks and if you can put Xerxes in the situation where he was in the past, I can remember when he was playing Unicorns of Love, he was like playing like Warwick and running in your jungle and taking your shit. And I was like, <laughs> what, 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 what do we do? He's just ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. And I think Xerxes is a, a very, very smart player. And I think he could be uh, the factor that could uh, change everything for Splice. But of course, Xerxes' performance has been inconsistent. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that I would put my money on. But I think if Splice were to take it is if their experience carries weight and also at the same time if Xerxes can perform. Because I think top lane situation, Odomane versus uh, uh, Poppy, what's his name? Vizichachi. Vizichachi, Poppy, fan. Poppy's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, F2, I think that matchup is irrelevant. I think you have two, of, two players that are very similar. Mid lane, I would favor Nuktak. Uh, Xerxes, I think he has uh, room to do great things. And I think the laning of Splice bot lane has improved immensely the split. Because mm -hmm. the last split, I thought it was horrible. Like in the finals that we played against them, uh, Attila and Jack Troll were like 50 CS ahead on average at uh, 15 minutes against uh, their laning. And they were really heavily relying on late game. But I think their bot lane laning has improved immense. And I think uh, if they were to win, I think it's because of experience in best of fives. They seem to be very calm and collected. And also if Xerxes can pop off.
So let's say Xerxes pops off, but Schalke preserved the form that they've kept from regular season. Do you think Xerxes alone is enough of a factor to take Schalke even down at their peak? Or are you still kind of banking on the fact that Schalke has historically struggled when it comes to playing a best of fives, dealing with that pressure on stage? I think also Niski is interesting. You know, I didn't mention Niski at all, but I think uh, the performance he had against us and onwards, he played, uh, he's been playing amazing. He's I think really it's, a, it's a mid laner that has gone under the radar for a lot of people because of his poor performance maybe in spring split in the beginning. Mm. But I think he uh, really, really took shape. And then the question is how good uh, can Niski play in... Uh, in the games that are important, in the uh, fight for third place against uh, against Splice, mm -hmm. Niski was the most important player by far, and this is another important matchup. And Niski could be the player that pops off in important games. I remember yep. over in North America as well when he played TSM, and it was a question of him uh, going further to uh, his team going to playoffs. I think uh, I might be NB, wrong. Yeah, 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 I believe it was and, the highest. And, and, and they beat match. TSM, and Niski was performing amazingly, and that's what uh, brought uh, brought him all the hype in order for him to get picked up by Spice. Yeah. So I think uh, Xerxes and Niski, I think uh, I wouldn't underestimate them. I'm glad you bring up Niski because when you mentioned Xerxes as kind of the, the answer, to me it was actually going to be Niski. Also because if he wins mid lane against Nukeduck, we know it's going to hurt Schalke a lot. Mm. Uh, and Schalke, Schalke, they don't get ahead in, in the side lanes, in the laning phase. It's really only built around where Amazing decides to go and if Nukeduck can do well in the laning phase for early advantages. Mm. And then they're trying to use globals a lot. They're obviously trying like certain lane swaps here and there, but Chachi doesn't really solo kill the enemy top laner anymore. Oh. That's, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and, and, and Vander and, and, and Upset tend to draft pretty passive lanes. Who gets Braum? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who gets Braum? And then that's about it. So <clears throat> I feel like... The mid lane matchup, which then also means the jungler uh, automatically is going to be insane. And Niski in the third place game was the best player on the rift, which was a huge surprise uh, at you know, doing that split because he hadn't had the best performances overall. And he no, became he, a huge character. Yeah, he'd been. So, it was a really disappointing split, I would say, up until those playoffs where he yeah, really yeah. did prove himself. Based yeah. on what we've seen during the split, I'm saying 3 1 Schalke for this one. But Splice keep telling everyone that they are best of five team. They got third place, beating Vitality last split. I want to see them prove that and then give us a super competitive series. All right, old man Martin, get some more water. <clears throat> there you go. Yamato, 3-1, 3-0. How are you feeling? 3-2. Where do you see it going? <laughs> You've given some avenues to, to splice to win out, which I do like, but how much faith do you actually have in, in those avenues? I think um, the 2v2 of splice in mid lane can be really good. It can be really good against. I'm just uh, my clearest memory of uh, Splice playing the best was when they, um, of course, they they beat us in the best of five, and that was Xerxes camping the shit out of mid lane. Mm -hmm. And you could view Shaki the exact same way. Exactly. We we've reached the conclusion that the bot lane is Ezreal Bro most of the time, Poppy in top lane or whatever Chogat or whatever can build. Armor and MMR and health, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Be Just be engaged. And then there's the 2v2 mid lane. And I think Schalke in jungle have shown a very small champion pool. And I think that's something that is abusable. So it's going to be interesting. I think 3 2 splice. 
Oh, you're calling the spies already. Three, two, Predicting spice. the uh, yeah. change. No, I like it. I like that it's divided. I, I want to see more. I think Schalke's performance under pressure is a big question mark, and which version of Xersei we see on the Rift is always curious to me. Also, we're playing on 816. It's true. I believe so. There People is a patch. might not have to ban Aatrox anymore. I haven't seen how big the patch is just yet, but uh, the Xersei point made earlier, like, he was the guy who brought out Trundle last playoffs. Well, no one even knew Trundle could function uh, at that point. It was huge. Like you guys, now it's getting nerfed. And now it's getting nerfed. <laughs> you know, we come full circle. But uh, <laughs> took a year. I think that quarterfinal months. is actually going to be insane. I'm really yeah. looking forward to the Spice uh, Shalk one. I like that one too. Misfits G2, our other quarterfinal, equally insane. Depends on Misfits, man. I think it can be. Oh. It can be absolutely crazy. Yep. I think there is a world where misfits snap out of it but there's also a world where they don't and it's a quick three zero and we go home and eat chicken buzz <laughs> you know? waiting now for look us. i love <laughs> chicken buzz as much as any man at this table <laughs> but i also love five game series so it's yes. a hard call for me ah uh, misfits 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 okay so talk to me why don't we just explain because you you've have some pretty strong thoughts on them. I know you've been pretty disappointed with this team because you've always kind of had high expectations for them. Run us through kind of the, the outline or the TLDR of, of what you feel like is, is going wrong for this team right now outside of their obviously very atrocious record in the second half. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this quite often, but uh, from, from the outside, what, what I'm seeing at least is we had a team who won in the first half through the same kind of play style. Uh, most of it was a lot of like focus around bottom side, uh, Maxlow was the jungler, or sorry, the player with the second highest experience difference in the entire league. He was only behind Perks because Perks was in funnel uh, and doing really well. So Maxlow was like outpacing, especially because him and Mickey could always go together into the enemy jungle, get vision, get cams, and like really just kind of choke you out very quickly and had really good early games. Uh, when they swapped to topside instead, I think probably they did it to try and play more styles, uh, which made sense. It completely backfired because Alfaro to me doesn't feel like the guy, which is weird to say because he's so actually so talented, but he doesn't seem like the guy who will solo carry the game if you give him resources. And I don't know then if it's that a, a mindset thing or whatever, but they were hesitating a lot when he was the split pusher and when he was the fed guy and they had to play around him specifically. The teams looked really, really lost in the late game. And that's why they went back to playing early game around bot side now, which is what we saw here in week nine. But both games, and you guys did it with uh, Vitality here, where you had the Olaf jungle path to the bottom side and they had the Draven pick four at Tila, and you guys just tower dove them like at level four. And you're like, we know if we kill this bot lane, we're good. Because right now, Misfits have not, have not shown that they can actually win games uh, from other lanes than the bot side. And that really seems to have hurt them, that both teams actually in this week targeted the bottom lane. We had the Twisted Fate from Rocket, also just going down bot lane and like tower diving uh, the moment he could. Holy Tom. No the Tom Kens from Nascarum was perfect. That was, so, that was juicy. Well, anyway, so like that's kind of been the problem, right? They went back to what used to work, but now teams figured out how to deal with it, so they shut it down. So now Misfits are stuck this week kind of figuring out, do we want to stick to the old style that doesn't seem to work anymore or do we go back to the top lane carry style that never really worked for us like mm. i think in a tough spot i i know they feel confident that they have the tools to fix this i trust a lot in their coaching staff as well 
I just need to see it before I can realistically predict Misfits to win this quarterfinal. Right now, Yamato, do you think it is that simple as that people figured out that Misfits pretty much have to play around bot most of the time, and if you shut down bot lane, you just win the game against this team? Well, it worked for us. Like, that's the plan we came in with, pretty much. Like, you guys read it, so I'm not going to bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think uh, right now, the teams, the top teams are playing through mid lane. That's how you have to play the game. And I think Misfits is a team that doesn't. And I think when you don't, you have no chance against a team that actually does. And I think Misfits, they were, they were getting a lot of victories against teams that really lack structure. And I think that's something that they do well. They bring structure to the table. They're like, okay, we have a vision plan. We're going to push out here. We're going to go together. We're going to put wards and play for this objective. I think there's always a sense of, when you look at Misfits play, you're like, okay, they're playing for this now. I can see that. And I think that's why they get a lot of victories in the beginning of splits. Because I think uh, what it comes down to, I, I don't think their spring split start was that bad either. Uh, mm -hmm. I think um, uh, I remember them being even score with us when they faced us and we we were both 4-0, 4-0, something like that or 5-0 or something. They had a pretty good start, I remember yeah. that. I remember their win against Fnatic in the late game with Hans Sommer, you know, taking down so, Fnatic. So I think it's, it comes down to the same thing again. It's like they, they pop off because they have structure and then uh, it's just not enough because all the other teams obtain structure uh, within the split. Like for us, we have uh, clear structure in the game. I think our macro is looking 10 times better than it did uh, in the beginning. I think a million times better. And uh, I think this is something that just takes longer for other teams. And I think misfits don't have the kind of... Um, I think what comes after structure is the willingness to be creative and take risks that might be... Uh, that you have to play mechanically perfect in order to succeed in. And I think this is the philosophy I've pushed from the get-go with Vitality, that we try and if we fail, we will learn from it. Because sometimes we do dives that went to shit and we've really, really worked hard to perfect this and we are not perfect yet, but we are working hard with this idea. Mm -hmm. I think Misfits, they only have structure. There's no creativity, no nothing else. And I think when teams get better, they get worse. It's tough, at least. Um, I don't know if they have the tools to suddenly change up a lot of things. Um, but I, I will say in terms of the matchup against G2, if there's one team in playoffs who will most likely not punish your bot lane, I think it is uh, G2, uh, if you look at this quarterfinal specifically, because they have heavily favored playing around the solo laners, which could play into Misfit's advantage. Um, Senkuk's job might be to make sure he doesn't actually get run over by a Yankos perks combination while they try and win on the bottom side of the map. I, I can see that as, as a way for them to, to, to play the game. The problem is, uh, obviously, G2 will have watched these games and will see that same thing. And, and if they drafted Tom Kench and, and Varus bot lane, I'm not sure if you can even run over that bot lane as misfits or if you just end up going even. It's a pretty safe bot lane. It's probably as safe as it gets, right? Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be super interesting. I think misfits have good players but need to find a winning recipe now. And it's tough because I mean, I know it's also late <laughs> so it's part of the reason why like the energy is slowly dropping. When we talk about misfits, it felt like it especially dropped because it just I feels a little bit it. like a funeral already for this team. <laughs> the weeks have been so, so rough for them. But yeah, I, yeah. 
I think everybody, uh, assuming you don't have to play against them, everybody is hoping that the, that they kind of pick it up and that they find that stride because we've seen the high highs for this team are always really exciting to watch, really interesting to see. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of sad things to hear, lacking the creativity, not knowing how they mm. need to play the game or how to keep up with a lot of these other top teams. That's that's pretty tough. On the opposite side, G two. Well, you had some misfits, boys. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Misfits. I just wanted to add to uh, to misfits. I think Senkooks. You know, I work with Senkooks, and um, I think he's a very, very smart player. Like he's the type of player that, if you needed to play through mid lane, he's the person that could coordinate that. And I think uh, Senkooks in playoff situations, like the last time Splice faced off G two, mm -hmm. Senkooks was crazy good. He was playing fantastically good uh, against uh, Perks, and Perks went home and took that to heart. Like he, he was shook by that performance and his own performance and he was disappointed by himself uh, at that time so I think Senkuk is a player that can really pop off in serious situations I think when uh, I remember when uh, we were at the world championship and he was playing against for example crown mid lane he was or uh, Bjergsen mid lane he was doing amazing things yeah one or two of those Casio games I think it was yeah, where yeah, he just went insane like he was Crazy, crazy good in important clutch games. So I think Senkooks might be uh, something like if Misfits are playing uh, uh, up to standard in a competitive fashion against G2, I think Senkooks might be a way in. Uh, Maxwell has had good performances in the past, but uh, generally speaking, to end the note for myself uh, on Misfits, I think it's um, don't put your money on Misfits. If they win mid lane, they win the series. Sure. Calling it right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're not gonna lose bot lane, and they're not gonna lose top. That's probably a tank v tank. I mean, but asking them to win mid lane versus versus perks. Yes, Yankos is struggling a little bit, but versus perks just still feels really tough. I a mean, little bit is a if you, if you win that two v two, like if Maxwell is playing up to like his level, the level he showed in the start of the split, that two v two mid lane for Misfits can be very strong, and. Again, because that's the own, that's the lane where G2 might try and target them. If they can win that on Misfit's side, I think they win the series. Yeah. How much do you believe that that's going to happen? What would your prediction be for the series? I mean, based on the track record of the second half, it's <laughs> not great. Uh, like, based on that, 80% G2, 20% Misfit's, but... Um, I, I, I just Looking think, for like 3-1, 3-2, but the 80-20 oh, oh, like is, is pretty harsh too. That's tough. Yeah, I mean... I actually really hope Misfits perform super well because he gives us such a competitive playoff. But as Yamato said, like right now, you're not putting your money on Misfits because then you're basing it on on just hope that yeah. they actually fix these things, which we have no clue if they will. So I, I'm on a G2 win on that one. Yeah, yeah. me too. I, I'm worried about Jungles though. I think, uh, you know, yesterday he got destroyed by Kikis. Like, I, I, destroyed is not even a good enough word to describe it. And I think uh, Jankos, he practiced a lot of funnel. And when funnel disappeared, it was, um, you know, it's it's a tough sell to say that Jankos is the Jankos that we expect. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, when we're talking in terms of the 2v2 mid lane, I think uh, uh, the jungler needs to perform. And uh, I think eyes on Perks and Jankos, how well they can put it together. I want to give a quick shout out to Yanko specifically. I know he's struggling in some of these games, but the way he actually deals with it, I think is super cool. It's not a player who right now just tilts and like drags his team down with him after the game from what we've seen. Like 
he went out publicly he said you know what this game was completely on me but right after that like it seemed like a guy who was ready to just play today uh, he even suggested being on PGL and everything despite you know uh, how poorly it's been for him and a lot of players decline obviously which is perfectly yeah. fine because they're like no I don't want to talk about this I, you know I feel sure. terrible yeah. he was like you know what like I, I played for so many years I know what's going wrong and, and you know what to do next so I think actually he's showing uh, that he'll he's a sure player and, and like I think he he will bounce back but sure He's probably the player you're looking at in this series, and to say right he now, has a yeah. poor series, it's really gonna hurt G2. I've right, talked about both of them. There's one thing missing. We missed it in our last episode. Yeah, and people were very mad. People were very upset. We're sorry. Did you miss? We missed the bet. We forgot to do a bet with Reckless. Reckless yeah. oh. We need to do a bet with you, though. I've been a lot of clicks. We've done sumo tournament. We've done chicken buzz. But chicken buzz was a weak bet back in the era yeah, of yeah. weak bets. We've since uh, repeatedly <laughs> up the ante. So. <laughs> Put your creative hats on or whatever the equivalent is. First, we need a subject, which I would guess. Did you predict Splice in the end? You said Splice. Nice. Why should I bet on Splice? You just did. You said 3-2 Splice. Yeah, 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 but let's make it more interesting. No, I mean, just, I'm just trying to... Vitality in the final? Just, yeah, Vitality in the final. You down for that bet? Uh, that, that feels like it's not in our favor. I'll be, uh, it's not in our favor, but I, would I, bet, I can I'll bet it. on the side of Vitality, sure. <laughs> I, uh, it's definitely not in our favor, but I can go with the Vitality not making finals for the sake of it. All right. Okay, I can give you guys something good. What do you got? I can wear a tracksuit for the third place match. Are you allowed to do that? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure you have to wear a suit. <laughs> Track suit. Oh. <laughs> as much as I want to see... Yeah, we don't control the infamous okay. tracksuit right. mafia on Cut stage. that part, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the tracksuit is fantastic. Ooh. See, now we should figure out the bet punishment before we go live. Yeah, that's the thing is you're now, guys are now joining the brainstorm process. So maybe this will be cut out. We'll figure it out momentarily. I'm getting a nod from the producer. You might not see this at home. Okay, but real time, we got to figure this out. We need good stakes. I, can, I, I, like, I can also do the splice thing. That's fine. Which it's more oh no 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 no! It's not the stakes. It's it's what the punishment is. I don't yeah. care about the. Stakes. I can do the, the I can do the spice stakes too. I don't mind. Either way, we just need a punishment. We're we're musical now. If uh, we could do if Vitality doesn't make worlds, uh, one it could be a punishment for Yamato is he has to wear the most boring suit ever on stage. And if we, uh, and if he loses, or if 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 uh, if you win, wait. So I guess the punishment for him if he loses has to be needs to wear the most boring suit ever. Can you guys be my bodyguards? Like you just have shades and you just say nothing and walk next to me? Oh my God. Can we film? I'd do that. When can we do that? We can do In Madrid, it. when we walk we in. do it in Madrid <laughs> we before. Them. Yeah, sure. But we could do it before a game. We could record it and we could have like Lore or someone come up for an interview and be like, like push him aside. Like, no. Like, who are you? Excuse me. No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you may have noticed that there was a slight cut here, and that's because we had no idea what to bet. <laughs> yeah. Now, as an update, the stakes are Vitality making the finals. So, if Vitality make the finals, Yamato wins. If they don't, me and Deficio win. The punishment is waiter for a day. So, if Vitality make the finals, Deficio and I will be Yamato's personal butlers. In Madrid. We will service anything he needs. Food, water. Massage. Massage. Feet. <laughs> feet. I won't. Well, think, okay, I don't know I'll about feet. feet, but I might massage your feet. 
We'll figure it out. Anyway, waiter, butler for a day. Now the opposite is they true. Do not. They do not make it to the finals. Then we're going to get some, some quality time with Mr. Uh, Mebdi here. We're going to get some good camera us, shots. Feed us some grapes. Think, think Rome style. He's just going to lower them mm. into our mouth. In the cast room before the finals mm. cast. That's how we're, that's how we're there warm with up. us. Come in and get a nice like hot towel from him. You know what? You're, gonna, you're actually going to get to do my tie as well. Put that on, make sure it look good. I don't want to have to touch a thing myself. Okay, okay. It's gonna be you all know, you know, the more trash you talk, the more, the more ideas <laughs> he's gonna get to get you back if we're wrong. I am so sad we don't get to add the part of him wearing the duck tie, but I accept it. The duct tie is terrible. I really want Yamarkan to wear it's it. On the there, punishment is too great. But it's okay. Next year, maybe. Next year. So, waiter for a day, Vitality making the final, yes or no? That's the question. And this has, of course, been episode 10 of season two of the EU40 podcast. Thank you, Yamato, for coming on, talking about everything from your team to quarterfinals to LCS awards. You can find us on YouTube, iTunes. You keep saying that at the end, but people already know. Or SoundCloud. The entire or maybe they skip just for the bet. You can find us in three different places. You can listen to us on your commute. <laughs> You could listen to us anywhere. Now, keep in mind, over the rest of the week, we're going to have lots of bet videos coming out. The Nuketuck one is my favorite, but the Memento oh, one insane. and the Hansama one are also super great. Yes. Hansama slash Jezzes. So uh, stay tuned for that. Otherwise, we will see you guys uh, next week as we get further and further and look at some semifinals coming up.